Hey everyone, Frank the Stat Tank here. This week we have a special two-part episode. For anyone who may not know, we stream our shows live on both Twitter and YouTube, and during our most recent stream we were surprised with an unexpected guest. Former Purdue and NFL safety Stu Schweigert was commenting during our live stream, so we invited him to join our stream to talk with us. This happened near the end of our first hour, so we decided to split this into two separate audio episodes. So in this episode, you'll hear us talk about football, depth chart, and our expectations for Fresno State. And the second episode will be reserved for the exclusive interview with Stu. This interview is something you definitely don't want to miss, so be sure to check that out after you listen to this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. You know what clip you got to add in there sometime if we ever revamp that intro is the um, was it 2016 against Michigan State? That's like one of Frank's favorite games where uh, Rafael Davis just like went off. I thought that you said that was one of your favorite games when Purdue played Michigan State in basketball. Have I said that? Because that, yeah, Purdue? that's accurate. Yeah, I was just I was going to say, yeah. I was like, yeah, you seemed offended by that. I was like, maybe not. <laughs> maybe don't say it. <laughs> but uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boiler Express podcast. Football is back. Purdue football is here. Uh, we're playing this Saturday. Really excited about it. Um, I know quite a few of us are going to be at the game. Russ will be there. Dylan and I will be there. Chris, are you going to be at that game? No, I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, way to have a career and stuff, Chris. Jeez. Yeah, way to go, guys. Um, but uh, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to this week. We've got a lot to talk about, um, not just about Purdue uh, football, um, but you know, IU just posted this week. They've got some really, really cool outdoor or not. Out, well, I guess it is outdoor, but um, sweet. What do they call like VIP? They're called tents. That's what they're tents. called. <laughs> they call them sweets. High I class. call them tents. You ever I been to? The- for for anyone who hasn't seen, let's uh let's show them, put them up on the screen here. So yeah, it cracks we'll me up because this looks like this looks like Jeff Hardy's about to climb on top of this and swanton <laughs> bomb somebody yeah. through one of the chairs. Yeah, that looks like the kind of temporary concert seating you'd serve a beer called Hoosier Brew at. Right like, there. look at that. That doesn't look appealing in any way, shape, or form. It looks like Home Depot in Bloomington had a sale on lawn furniture and those cheap people <laughs> people cheap people were like let's do it so for anyone who's listening and not watching and hasn't seen these they effectively look like cheap wooden like patio furniture not even wood like fake wood but it, it, it realistically looks like the vip tent at a zz top concert at your local county fair zz tops even given a little credit you gotta be like you know your local garage band who brought this out <laughs> you know got found seniors it on from the high school Maybe like Rick Springfield, like a one-hit wonder. Maybe it know? genuinely is some high school stuff. That's a good way to put it. It's it's a high school setup. Like I'm sure there's there are plenty of high schools with the exact same setup. And to call them sweets, you can call them cabanas. You can call them just don't call them a suite. Like how are in what well, before world is- we before I we grill into them too much. We used to have that kind of seating. Which you know, what's up, little brother? Um, what did ours look like? I don't. I never even went to the South End Zone. Was ours any cooler? Or was it like worse, better? Ours was as bad. It was just one big tent. But I will say, ours had televisions, and beer, and like a bar, and you know, it was cool. It was cooler than that. I will say. Okay. You could tell that 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 ours was temporary. Like yeah. that was a stand-in until we got what we have now. That looks like. They're intending for it to be there for a while. Yeah, they're not getting rid of that thing. And wow, I'm going to call it Tent City. That's what it's called now. It, it also looks like a program that is clamoring to try to up ticket sales when they suffered greatly in that department last year. And and I'll say it was it called Memorial Stadium, the 32nd version of Memorial Stadium in college football. It's not that it's not that terrible of a stadium. Like my first time being there was last year. And listen, I'm not like it's Did you, you sit know, on bird poop? No, I didn't. But oh. like I'm not sitting here saying it's it's Jerry World in Dallas, but it's 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 good for IU, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 fine for them. They make it I'm trying to give them a little credit. It's very difficult to do that. I was saying, has anyone ever brought up too that 
IU just is not great at naming their arenas, right? Assembly Hall, there's like how many assembly halls that they play the basketball in, right? Memorial Stadium, how many memorial stadiums are there in this country? Like just in the Big Ten, there's three memorial stadiums. It was Illinois, Nebraska, Mm -hmm. and Indiana. Well, who had it first, though? That's the question. Illinois changed their name. It's now what State Farm Arena, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was it what do y'all got in Louisville? The KFC Yum Center? That is correct, yes. It is a very nice venue too. Ohio State has Value City Arena, like a, a, a like secondhand furniture store, and they named their arena after it. I bet their suites have better furniture in it than I use. I yeah. would hope. I would hope they're better than some laminate wood siding. Chairs. Watch somebody open up the uh, like Mark's Mattress Firm <laughs> Arena, like in the India. Welcome to Indiana State. We're here at the Mark's Mattress Firm, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but Mark's Mattress Firm is a scam. There's got to be something going on there because nobody ever goes to a Mark's mattress firm, but they're everywhere. Ikea is a scam, so, too. There, I said it. I mean, do we do we want to get into the economics of why there are so many mattress stores? Because I'm happy to talk about that for a second. Uh, money you. laundering. And I can talk about that, but I could go on for 20 minutes about it, too. Uh, I'm good. We're <laughs> <laughs> now a mattress podcast. To kind of keep us on track here, uh, we know we, we talked a little bit about IU's thing that they just uh, added the to thing. Memorial Stadium. That's a good way to put that. Um, but Purdue, something we, Dylan, I think you shared it in the group chat today. They, uh, um, and I know this might be silly to talk about. I thought it looked pretty cool though. The steps, uh, going up to the student section, um, which I always walked in from that way. So now I'm going to have to figure out how, uh, how else to, or I'm going to have to walk farther now to get into the stadium, which it's a hard life. Yeah. What he's referring to, to public service announcement, only students can now get in around the South end zone. So if you have tickets before, you might have used that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And none of us look young enough, do we? Damn. What did it say though on the steps? Was like "Hail Old Purdue" or something like that. Hail, hail to Old Purdue. Yeah, it's literally the fight song. Well, I just I know what the fight song is. I just couldn't remember what it said. Or off the rails. <laughs> oh, got him. You mean that new podcast we haven't done an episode yet of? <laughs> but before we get any farther into anything, we just had to take a quick jab at Indiana. I want to b- give a big shout out to our podcast network, uh, Big Banner Sports. Um, they have their own website up now. They've got articles coming. Um, Dylan's got his finger up in the air. What's up, Dylan? No, I was pointing out Big Banter. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. like, hey, I got to say I something. I was pubbing them a little better. Oh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, they got their own website up. They've got articles coming. Um, you can see every school's podcast on there as well. Um, got a lot of good stuff. They've also have just started their new show, uh, the Big Ten Huddle, which uh, they just posted their recent breakdown of how they feel like the Big Ten is going to pan out this year. Our guy um, Chris is writing blogs for him. That uh, you know, we we like most of the people that you know are in the Big Banner Network, except for Spartan Dog ninety seven, who said the Purdue's going to finish three and nine this year. Uh, just <laughs> just had to. Throw that out there, but anyway, great group of people. Um, Big Banner is awesome, and uh, just growing. Uh, they've grown a ton since we've gotten to start working with them uh, just in the last few months. And I feel like with football and basketball season coming up, it's it's going to be awesome to watch this year. So check out Big Banner for sure. Um, I also want to sh- throw a shout out to our sponsors over at Cincy Blitzboards or at Blitzboards Blitzboards on Twitter. Um, they have a, a great product. Again, we've said it a million times. So a great family game, great game for tailgates, for parties, whatever it is. Um, super fun game and it's super customizable too. like whatever you have in your brain of what you want on a blitz board, they can do it and they don't just do Purdue stuff. They've got any, any team, any really any logo. I mean, Dylan, they just sent him a mock draft of the Coonsville pro painters, his fantasy football team. Dude, Nick, I think it was last week. Nick was sending me all these mock-ups of different pro painter ones, uh, uh, white trash Pete was in the middle of one and he he made it with one with that dude Nick was sending me all sorts of good stuff I was actually gonna put mine on the backdrop this week forgot to bring it home from my office so that's I'm excited me. to get mine I'm oh excited. dude it's I, I sometimes I'll just I'll play it by myself in my office when I'm really bored <laughs> I gotta have friends you all live too far away anyway <laughs> it's a great time it's I did lose one of the little peg hole the the peg thing so i gotta get a hold of nick and get another one of those <laughs> you already lost it does that surprise you that i no, lose something i'd lose my head if it wasn't attached i mean gosh it took me five different links to get to this today what are i'm kind of worried about next week if you having to drive was it like three or four hours to russ's house before we go to virginia tech i'm gonna ride a horse there is what i'm gonna do it's kentucky it's allowed which also that's gonna suck because you're gonna drive like three four hours 
to Russ's place, and then we're gonna drive seven hours to Virginia Tech, and then we're, when we come back, it's like, oh, seven hour drive, man, that was a long road trip. All right, time to get back in the car and drive. No one, Russ. No one, Russ. He probably drives like ten under, fifteen. Yeah, under. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the, those uh, travel days. Those Buick Regal, like what? Yeah, it's a Love Volvo. You, okay, it's a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> do they even make Volvos anymore? Is that even a? Is that like Saturns? Yes, trust me, they crash a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, let's get into. So this week, um, they announced they 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 announced the depth chart, but they also announced that they're going to be you know kind of uh, posting a weekly depth chart, kind of like how they do in the NFL, which is pretty cool. Um, but they're also going to be they they posted our depth chart this week, and there were some surprises on there. Um, one I think of in particular, uh, I thought. Steptoe was making a lot of noise um, in practice this offseason. I thought he made a lot of noise last year um, and still not on the depth chart. So uh, that was my like, whoa, I can't believe that's there. What about you guys? Or not there, I guess. I mean, I think the two biggest things that stuck out to me were the absence of Gus Hartwig and Garrett Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, um, I don't know what the official word is on them, but it sounds like they're kind of battling through some injuries. So... Oh. You got it. You got it. You got yeah, it. So take it. I think it was Tom Dinehart came out and said that 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 was part of the plan for their rehab process was mm-hmm. that they were going to miss that game. So it was anticipated. Um, so we could easily see him back next week. I don't know if you know. I don't know, but I, that's what I remember. We just got a shout out. So Gus Hartwig, um, the Big Banner Sports guys, they gave him what was it like most. Uh, he got like the Riz Award, Fantastical which is like sh- beard or something. Yeah, he got like the Riz, like most Rizable. I, I don't know what Riz is. I don't know what it's it means. like. Short for charisma, like basically, like you're like you're good with the ladies. Kind We're of hip and cool with it. We know what's going on. We know the lingo. We got our ears to the streets. And this dude, not only did he play with two broken hands last year, he also played with a bum knee. That's also why he's not back and fully healthy yet. He had a bad knee. You break so, one of my hands, I'm done for three months. Gus Hartwood could probably lift. I think I tweeted this. Gus Hartwood could probably lift a building like fully healthy. He could probably be like, oh, it's like a name like Gus. Listen, you're gritty. You're blue collar. Russ is gone. Rest in peace. Miss you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Russ. When Russ first got on, it looked like he was being held hostage and we almost called the cops. Like it was, oh, there he is. We're good. You all right? Honestly, it, like his story of playing with two broken hands made me not go to work for two weeks. <laughs> like, right. My God. Yeah. And and his position too, nonetheless, you kind of need the mitts. It's hard to, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to do without hands. I feel like football in general is hard to play with hand, without hands, but. Right. Well, Russ, now that you're back, I know uh, you were a little bit surprised at the running back position, uh, specifically about the depth chart and uh, what was going on there. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I uh, I mean, we talked about it that, uh, you know, Dylan Downing actually broke out before Maccabi did last year. You know, he had his 100-yard game earlier in the season. Oh, yeah, against uh, Florida Atlantic, right? Uh, yes, and then even going into the Minnesota game where Maccabi ultimately had that 68-yard run and kind of broke out, going into that game, it was thought to be a one-two punch with Downing as the one and Maccabi as the two. So for a good portion after Doe Rue got hurt, it looked like Dylan Downing was the next man up. And for him to kind of drop, not just behind Maccabi, but also down below Tyrone Tracy, who didn't get a lot of um, work in the run game last year, uh, supposedly to get more work in the passing game, even though last year's offense didn't involve him more in the passing game. So who knows what that was all about. But, yeah, I I was a little shocked. Uh, But I I don't think it's so much of a, you know, when Maccabi's off the field, Tracy's always going to be the next one in the game. I think it's going to dictate the the situation is going to dictate who comes in. You know, Downing's going to be more of a a pounding runner, a straightforward yeah. running, and and Tracy's going to be you know kind of bounce it outside, get a get the ball in space, kind of a runner. So I think I think that their playing time will be much more equal than like second and third in the depth chart. Yeah, I can so. see Tracy being used for a lot of like RPO just because he's got all the experience with catching the ball. So if they do you know an option, toss it to him, whatever he's probably you know pretty gonna be pretty consistent with catching the ball and, and keeping it and everything so um but yeah <clears throat> well i thought it was interesting too when they asked dylan downing to kind of kind of compare his run style to devin mockaby and it was like straight 
You know, I go, I go straight. Give me the mm-hmm. ball, and I'm just going to go straight. Where Mockaby's kind of that that shifty back. But another thing that surprised me uh, on the running back position, Devin Mockaby's listed at 200 pounds. I think last season, what was it, 185? Yeah, he's beefed up. Put on 15 pounds. Uh, and, and, I, and I know uh, previous coaching regime, they didn't want him to put on a ton a ton more weight. They said that several times. So, um, you all be curious how much bigger he, he gets over his career. But, man, just imagine – Imagine if he's got you know roughly the same speed and level of shiftiness, but can hit a little bit harder. I mean, we're whew. he's going to have a hell of a year. I'm calling it now. Clip this right now. He's going to go off. He's going to go bananas, and we're all going to say we told you so. We're all going to say, especially this program. This program is is the biggest Maccabee family, not just Devin, but the entire family fan podcast there is. Uh, no one else can take that cake the mockabees might also have the best purdue tailgate i know that's kind of a bold statement there's a lot of good can't tailgates wait. out there but... i can't wait yeah are we, are we looking for them saturday are we, are uh, we gonna figure this out yeah of course let's go they have no idea either we have not formally talked to them about this so they're just gonna be like no i i, I told conrad we're gonna be there oh, you uncle, Con- okay. uncle, uncle conrad and i have talked we're, we're they're ready all right okay <laughs> All right, then we have. I don't no think they are. And Uncle Craig, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're prepared for the monstrosity that is all of us in the same spot. But you know, they'll yeah. they'll love us either way. Well, well, they get the group pre-Chris, right? So like, they'll get the toned down version, and then yeah, but I'll still be there. <laughs> Just you know, but Chris so, and I together is like a tornado of of. Something. Yeah, we need bail money for Virginia Tech because us <laughs> in the same area. Yeah, we're going to start a GoFundMe in case uh, Chris and I get uh, arrested by the law. Yeah, uh, Chris won't because Chris is a man of the law. Me, no, I, uh, I probably will. It would be my luck, <laughs> especially when I drop kick a hokey off a car. <laughs> oh, that could have. That could have. Glad you said hokey. All right. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. So one thing that I wanted to talk about too was Dylan Thieneman. Uh, who surprisingly is starting at what, what was the position? Was it safety? Well, he's he's just listed as DB, DB which I find okay, interesting. Okay. Every everyone's a DB. Gotcha. Well, so was he? Whenever he was offered, was he offered a preferred walk on, or was he a scholarship? Because I can't. I don't. I for some reason I have in my head that he was a preferred walk on. I think he's. I think he is a scholarship, but scholarship. Like we were, I think, ah, screw it, I'm going to look it up. But anyway, uh, it, during the press conference, uh, Walter's first presser of the year, he was saying that Thieneman's like insane, like very athletic, very well built over, I think he's like six foot, 200 pounds, um, 205, maybe something like that. And insanely fast, second fastest guy on the team, um, next, right next to Deion Burks, which uh, he called Burks a like freak athlete basically and is uh, really excited for him to go. So I just, I was surprised by that. I didn't like, I was just like, Oh cool. Another Thieneman, like, you know, kind of like the, the Anthrops, you know, we have another Thieneman on the team. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it'll be, it'll be fascinating at the end of the, the Thieneman saga to re- reflect back on who the best Thieneman was. Well, let's have them both on here and uh, vow for vouch for themselves. Are we going to say who the best Anthrop was? Yeah, we, we could look back and say how many years, the last 20 years, was there was there not an Anthrop or a Thienemann on the roster? Those, oh, wow. Interesting trivia question. They all need to start having kids, all right? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's get it cracking, all right? Hey. That'd be a great segment. Who was the best Anthrop? Hey, I think we know a couple of them. I think we could have them on the show to debate. Yeah, will that, will that jeopardize some friendships, though? <laughs> I was going to say, Thanksgiving <laughs> may not go so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, to to see Dion Burks, uh, you know, at that kind of wide receiver one position was pretty impressive to me. I mean, he was a guy that we really saw uh, kind of escalate his abilities and his role throughout the season last season. So I'm I'm not shocked to see him in that wide receiver one spot. What I am shocked is to see him starting ahead of Mershon Rice. I figured those two would kind of be the one two, uh, but at wide receiver two we have Abdul Rahman Yassin, who's a guy that we've seen you know kind of grow and and show signs of flashiness as well. So to have a one, two, three, Dion Burks, Abdul Rahman Yassin and TJ Sheffield, I mean, is an elite receiving core right there. And then to back that up with Mershon Rice and Elijah Canyon, who we, we, I think he only played one game last season, but looked really good against Penn state. He's six, four. I'm ex- I'm just for that reason alone. I'm excited to see what he can do. Cause I remember the game that he 
did play, he had a crazy catch where he jumped. Crazy it felt like, catch. like three or four feet in the air. It was wild. So a uh, really, really dumb question here for somebody that's not as... Ooh, can't wait for this. Yeah, somebody that's not as depth chart literate as you all might be. But like you said, it lists five DBs. It lists three wide receiver positions. So is the depth chart to be read that the top wide receiver position is the wide receiver one position and like the top DB position is the top deep. Okay. So Marcus Wilson is our fifth defensive back and Sadducee Kane's our third behind Thieneman and Cam Allen. That's what's confusing me. Cause I, I see, I see it as Sheffield's our wide receiver. one. Do you have it. Do you have that that you can send it to me? Uh, yes, I can send it to you. Yeah. Cause like it should be two names cause it's a two deep. So there should be two names on that, and the top one is the starter. The second one is the. Uh, well, back. I'm not saying I understand that part. I'm saying there's just three wide receiver li positions listed, like with two names on each, but it doesn't list which one is like the wide receiver X or Y or Z or. Yeah, you know, I don't think one, two, that three. necessarily matters. I think the only one that's that's halfway uh, determined amongst the wide receivers is that T.J. Sheffield's in the slot. And so according to our lads uh, who publishes depth charts, not sure how much merit to give this because there is some difference between what uh, Purdue officially put out and what's on here. But this was just updated today. Um, they actually have Mershawn Rice as wide receiver X. Um, and they have Dion Burks as the second wide receiver in the slot. Um, also, Dylan Thieneman's not on here at all. So I'm going to take the official one. Yeah, when I started doing some of our breakdowns for some of our opponents and I looked at the our lads depth charts, I quickly saw that there was guys on there that weren't listed on the team's rosters and there was guys on the team's rosters that weren't listed on the depth chart. So Are you are you guys saying yeah. our lads? Mm -hmm. Is that a group? Is that what we call our uh, football players now like uh up the lads. Yeah, you, you got people from the UK talking about American football. Yeah, this is football. What? There ain't no soccer around here. It's, it's like soccer. starting at left wing for the Purdue Boilermakers, Cristiano Ronaldo. It's hey, like, listen, what? America has Messi now, so I think we're now the worldwide leader in soccer. So, hey, we landed on the moon. Use freedom units. Hey, you know where our banners are, Chris? Where are they at? The moon. Yeah, you let them know, buddy. They're on the freaking moon. Um, but there's also uh, who's it? Is it? Um, Johnson that's going to be starting at center this year. Uh, I can't remember what his first name is. Daniel Johnson? Austin Johnson? Josh Kaltenberger was who was starting at, yeah, at center. Yeah. Is there another? There's a Johnson lineman, though, right? Offensive lineman? Uh, Austin Johnson, yeah. Couple of, Daniel Johnson's also a backup left tackle. So Okay, that's what well, I was There's thinking. a few Johnsons. We know one of them. Nerd. The wink. The wink got me. <laughs> 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 yeah, how do we feel about starting a redshirt freshman at tight end? And I feel like when I when I think back over the last maybe seven or eight years, we've had experience and elite athleticism at the tight end position. Uh, obviously, Garrett Miller's hurt, and it sounds like he'll be back, uh, you know, in the first half of the season. <clears throat> but you know, we're we're starting someone at tight end who we've really never seen, and we're he's also starting over Paul Pafiri, which I also yeah, thought was really was interesting as that. well. And maybe Paul Pafiri is a better quarterback. And he is a tight end. To me, that just uh, lowers my expectations for the production from that position. You yeah. know, that I, I see that being an indicator that we're going to, you know, play more three or four wide receiver sets. And when the tight ends are on there, they're going to be, you know, mainly pass protection or blocking. Um, but I could be wrong. That's just kind of how I see it. Yeah. So what do you guys uh, – you know, I was watching the presser this past week, and it was really cool to see Walter's like whole demeanor. It was very relaxed, which some people were upset about. Uh, not in this group, but just the the reporter was like oddly obsessed with him not being all crazy. Um, but he was like, he was just like super relaxed, just like, hey, yeah, this is what we're doing. And you know, they asked me like, do you have any burning questions about your team? Is there anything you want to know? <laughs> like, you feel like you got to get on the field scene? He's like, no, I feel like I know my team very well. I feel like you know, I know what I've got, and I'm excited to get out there. And that was cool because, again, no shade at any any like former coach or anything, but I don't feel like I've ever like I don't remember that as a Purdue fan 
going into week one being like, yeah, no, I know what we've got. Like, it's all good to go. We even have, we've had our quarterback picked out since the time the Hudson card committed. Like there was never a question who's going to start a quarterback. And every year for the last, I don't know, you probably go back 10, 15 years now. It was like, oh, I don't know. And then like the week before it was, uh, and it'll be like the Wednesday before the game. They'd be like, all right, whoever's starting this week. And you could like see on the field that that person probably didn't even know until that Wednesday. So it's just, I don't know. It's nice. And I think I think last season, the, this past season, was the first season under Braum where we had a solidified starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it seemed like every season it was like we didn't really know who our quarterback was until week six. And some we seasons we were, you know, rotating quarterbacks and you know having having three quarterbacks in one game. And you know, we're Blau and Sindelar, or some some of us have called him Jared Sindelar. Uh, so who could have what an idiot? Who could have that been? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I forgot about so that. So I was so just real quick back on the tight end thing. Um, I wonder if being this air raid style offense, they're going with basically adding a fourth oh, wide receiver oh. from the tight end position. So Garrett Miller is six five two fifty. Uh, Paul Pifferi is six five two sixty. The freshman six four two twenty five, and the then you, about, let's him about two forty five too. So does he really? up over the summer? Yeah. Oh, uh, this is from from the uh, from per, the Purdue football website. Um, but I wonder if he's just got some speed or something that's going to burn up linebackers or take a tight end off somebody that puts a linebacker on somebody or put a a DB on a. Linebacker, kind of like a uh, like a Gronkowski kind of thought process. Yeah, you know he's too fast for linebackers, but too big for DBs. I don't know. Just a quick. Is it Garrett Miller the one with all the tattoos, the cool uh-huh. tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, I don't Speaking care what tattoos. Chris has Garrett Miller could literally do nothing else for the rest of his time at Purdue and beyond. I'm always going to remember that catch he had against Michigan State. God, that was an amazing catch. That was like Twice. that could be number. Yeah, that could be number one on like the. If Purdue football had like a ESPN top ten, that would be one of the top plays. It'd be right up there with the Rondell Moore uh, catch and run to the end zone where he looked like he was getting tackled and then kept going. Still gets so, me hyped to this day. Um, since Frank brought up Brom again, too, I'll, I'll make one more Uh-oh. comment. Since he and I are both located down here in the Louisville area, in the what? It was, it was kind of funny. We uh, the local sports radio is already frustrated with Brom and his ability to say a lot of words, not use the 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 cliche phrases, but still manage to tell you nothing. So I know mm-hmm. we've talked about in our group about you know how Rondale Moore was week to week for like eight weeks, you know, and then we end up not seeing him. Six out know, of the so. eight weeks for COVID. Yeah. Eight so uh, so yeah, they're already frustrated down here about his ability to. Uh, to, to say a lot of words and really not give you anything. Well, they all think birds have teeth. So, I mean, touche. Take it with a grain of salt. Touche. Touche. But yeah, what did you guys think of the presser? Because I was, I was very thoroughly impressed. I'm excited. Um, I don't know. It's just cool to have a, a coach that's just like, yeah, we're cool. going to go out there. And, yeah, cool. He's so cool. confident in like his team and his coaches. He's like, that's, that's new too. Like being confident in your coordinators. Or um, and I know that's new to him, and I'm sure he's probably gonna like have to catch himself trying not to call the defensive plays uh, on Saturday. But that's new for me too, is uh, having a coach that's confident in who he's got running the show with him. Um, His confidence makes you, you re- feel confident. Yeah, are you you're referring to the last coach that uh, had like five different defensive coordinators in six years? That who? The well, no, not even that. It's just like he, he he called most of the plays. Like he didn't really like his coordinators didn't really call the shots that much. He was still, at least from what I've heard, was still very in control of like the final say. Um, and that was a thing under Hazel too, because I remember uh, I was fortunate enough to attend an event uh, where Daryl Hazel spoke uh, for quite a while. Did you say fortunate? Yeah, I was very fortunate to be able to oh, attend that. Okay. And it was Weird. a very small, there's maybe 30 or 40 people there. And at the end, he opened it up for uh, for some Q&A. Are you sure this wasn't a game at Ross Hade? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was a good one, dude. Nailed it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. At, at the end, he actually opened it up for some Q&A. And this was in his fourth season. Uh, this was like maybe three weeks before he unfortunately lost his job. 
Um, but you know, people were, people were kind of grilling him pretty hard. Like he's like, ah, okay. Who has a question? I have a question. Why can't we throw it for more than 10 yards? Why are we lined up so far off the ball? And it was just Why like, can't we get into the red zone? Why can't we win? Why is Ross saying at 12 people? Why is, are you defending on? coach Daryl Hazel right now? Daryl Hazel is a good guy. He was a good dude. He was just really bad at his job. That's all it was. I mean, it was, he was pretty easy to talk to. The one takeaway that, that I took from that was that, He's calling. He was calling most of the plays effectively. I think that was still the the John Shoup era. Um, and, but yeah, I remember people asking. Aside, one of the questions is who calls the plays, and he's like, "Well, you know, that's kind of a split responsibility between the offensive coordinator and, and myself." And and then the guy asked follow up question was like, "Well, more often than not, who's calling the plays?" And he was like, "I am." And he said, and he even said when the offensive coordinator was calling the plays, he was often overriding the call as well. well that seems like it's a successful brand of stupid. My question would have been, why do you wear your hat like that? Why do you wear a vest and a long sleeve shirt when it's 95 degrees out against Eastern Someone Kentucky? actually did ask him that. Like it would be 100 degrees and he would be in like something like this. He just said it's what he's always done and he's a creature of habit. That was his I mean, response. I'm a creature of habit as it gets, but boy, when it's hot out. That dude, that dude had to have had like CD or something. Because he was very meticulous without. Well, yeah, he was, he was military. He's from military family, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and then that that was the reason for the hat too. It was a it was a military thing. Is that uh, how you guys wear it in the military dress? Um, well, we don't really wear ball caps in the Marine Corps because we're the professional branch oh. of the military. By the way, I got an email for a sale on crayons. I'll forward it to you. So, oh, appreciate that. Appreciate that. But no, Why'd yeah, you get an email about a sale on crayons. <laughs> like, what? It's for the joke. It's for the joke, Damon. It's because he eats them too. But um, I do. No, the blue we, ones are my favorite. Our covers or our hats—they are worn, basically just sat on your head. Like you don't pull it tight on your head like you would a ball cap. See, it doesn't so that, look comfortable. That is, uh, it is and it isn't. Um, I like my hats to fit snug. Granted, I got a big old melon, so I mean, it's hard to find. Look, I mean, this snapback right now—we're on like the last two snaps. Yeah, my snapbacks are always like the last two buttons. <laughs> I was at a thrift store the other day, and there's a bunch of sick, like '90s bulls hats and all this stuff. And I was like, "Cool, I'm going to buy all these." And like, none of these damn things fit. Like, this <laughs> is not fun. I even my sister-in-law showed me a because uh, my brother and I were brothers. We look a lot alike. We have the same size dad. Anyway, she's she was like, "I got this hat stretcher for your brother." You should get it. And I ordered it on Amazon. The best thing ever. It's it's such a simple invention, and it's one of those things where you're like, I wish I would have thought about it. But it's I've had to stretch a few hats, and it's come in handy. Not a sponsor. I didn't mean to get so far into a, a deep hole about former coaches and everything, talking about uh, Coach Walters. But what do you guys think about the pressers? Anybody get to watch it, follow up on it at all? At all? Well, I think he's a very, like you said, a very confident guy, uh, and. He rides the line between confident and cocky, which I I appreciate. Um, you know, because I I wouldn't call him cocky, but I'd say he's not far off either. Um, but if, you know, for him to get up there and say, "No, I know my team. I, I I don't have any holes. I don't have any burning questions. We're good." Uh, I I I think that says a lot, and I think it's just it, it's an interesting. Uh, Nick used the word dichotomy, so I'm going to go back to dichotomy. It's an interesting dichotomy between him and our previous coach, and that. You know, Brom was was always critical about something, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, and I guarantee you there are some things that Walters is critical Hi, about. Dylan. Is there an earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> something really bad just happened uh, in Dylan's house. Let's hope everything's okay. But you know, the, I, there are probably some things he's concerned about, but he's not going to voice that publicly. Um, but I just think it's interesting that I, every time I hear the man talk, I just can't help but think about how different he is from our previous coach, personality wise. I had to take the jacket off. It's like 100 degrees in this room and I was melting. You were in that dang bomber jacket that you paid way too much money for. I'm sorry. That was worth every penny. Thank you to Homefield. They sent me free stuff, so I will always sing the praises. The big thing I liked about that press conference is because all of the energy and positivity and confidence that he has is 100% getting thrown on those players. And those players are going to come out 100% confident and 100% ready to roll. Well, and you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of the um, the player interviews, and you know whose energy like I can I can just feed off of and really, really and like buying into it is uh, Jack is Ansel. Nick. Jack Ansel. Yeah. Well, of of course, Jack Ansel. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a that's given. our guy, friend of the pod, friend friend of the of the pod. Program. but uh, Nick Scorton, man, he's like he oh, is yeah. like the happiest. Like he is ready. Um, and, and Russ, I know I cut you off. What, what were you? You're about to ask, ask something, I believe. 
Uh, just before we got off the press conference too much, I was going to say, as a Steelers fan, does it seem like Coach Walters kind of went to the Mike Tomlin school of press conferences? Um, I Okay, I do see parallels between yeah, – now I'm drawing all sorts of parallels between Mike Tomlin, especially early in his career and Walters, because there was a lot of like, who is this guy – uh, from the players, and you know, I know he came in. Walters doesn't have this scenario, but Mike Tomlin came in and was actually uh, younger than some of his players, and he kind of had to earn their respect. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do see the parallels, especially in the way that he he talks and the way that he carries himself and his press conferences. Yeah, really, really good parallel there. And I loved his response to um, what question was it? Oh, about the capacity, and they they he was like they were like, do you know what the capacity is for the for Ross State Stadium? And he was just like, no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, if I asked, I'm sure they'd tell me. But dude, apparently that was a big deal. I missed that on uh, Twitter X, whatever. The I didn't know called, that it was Greg Doyle the one that asked that question. Somebody was like, is, what is what is they wanted answers about like what the capacity is, and I'm like, it's more than it used to be. That's all you need to know. Right? It's it's now more than the Birds with Teeth Stadium. What's their football stadium called? Uh, it's Ellen N Memorial Stadium because it used to be Papa John's, but then they had to change it when you know that whole scandal. <laughs> since went the down. incident, <laughs> yeah, since the incident. So, uh, since but yeah, Papa even John went off the rails. Even Kentucky, part of the SEC, you know, where it's just different or whatever, right? Means um, more. Means more. Sorry, but uh, their their stadium this week. I know, right? Um, but uh, their stadium even holds less than Ross A now. So, for what it's worth, really, yeah. yeah. Wow. Hopefully no students. Hey, there's, there's our there. guy, Nick. There he is. Hey. Oh. What's up, Nick? Yeah, hopefully, uh hopefully they don't nobody needs an elevator for I wonder if Nick's watched the uh the short clip that I posted on the, the podcast account from the from the last one because that was that was so funny. I'm also like especially since Chris was like mm, about like his mm. crap talking, I'm kind of scared a little bit. Um for Crap anybody that doesn't talking. know, we've got a fantasy football league uh, going on in the, the BXP. Coonsville Pro Painters are going to win it all, baby. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really upset because I feel like I worked really hard on my picks. And, of course, I get pit, matched up against Frank in the first week. And he's got me – like he's like favored by like 10 or 13% to beat me. So, Do we have a trophy yet? Are we getting a trophy for that thing? I, I auto-drafted a solid team. You did. Like I, I was showing a coworker today, and he's like, "You auto drafted this team." Like I auto drafted this team. I picked three quarterbacks. That's not great, you know, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, not ideal. But we'll make it happen here. In the front Can't of the confirm. Nick game. is a wild degenerate, and he makes me look like a Catholic schoolgirl in comparison. That's uh, that's impressive. I'd have that's why I was like, eh, let's start at a six. We can adjust. <laughs> but uh, there, once you cross that line. Um, hard to kind of rein that monster back in. That was a good time, though. That was fun. Speaking of crossing that line, and I know this is... Uh, uh -oh. Well, hold on. Does anybody else have anything to say about the, the presser? Anybody? No? Um, so, Nebraska, uh, that football player, the transfer, who was waiting on his like eligibility to play this year, got arrested for breaking and entering. Uh, Hell of an arm. I mean, he's got some he, legs on him too. He'd probably he be a kicker too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could kick the hell out of something. But he, that, he went to punt, pass, and kick as a you know donkey sure. kick a football. <laughs> you could see how far it goes. Maybe it's a new style. We have Australian style. You have donkey kick style. He, maybe he's gonna throw the football like submarine style, like how they how they pitch in the MLB. So is it safe to say he did not have an NIL deal with that store front or? with a with a what was it? I can't think of what, the hookah. It was like a like a hookah like vape shop type place. Yeah, I think I don't know what a, I've never used a hookah. Couldn't tell you what it really does, but it looks illegal. So it's not. Oh, it is. That actually uh, is not. Oh, okay. Well, it depends on what you put in it. Oh, uh, so you could make it illegal. Yes, same thing with uh, with pipes and stores and like head shops. The pipes oh. in Indiana aren't illegal. It's only illegal when you start using it for a narcotic. And there is our legal advice analyst. Oh, there you go. You got a you got a name upgrade. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! No. Like, no, there it is. No. There it is. Example. <laughs> hey, well, Rutgers, Rutgers is in the Big Ten now. They this can't back go on then, YouTube but now. We can. Uh, oh man, there goes uh, our. 
Yikes. All right, Nick from the top rope. Someone's got to read that for people who aren't watching and just listen. absolutely not. Uh, Nick Burris definitely added in that uh, he hits harder than Ray Rice in an elevator. All right. Well, <laughs> all of us were like, nope, not touching that. Oh, the five that was pole. cool being with Big Banner. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Remember how I said he should be a six? <laughs> now we're up to like an eight or a nine. This is I want to crank it back to like a four or a three. Man, Nick. Oh dude. my god. Oh yeah, remember his previous comment? He could be okay. Nick's views do not express the views of the Boiler Express podcast. A little uh asterisk there. Okay. Love you, Nick. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Nick says he'll show himself out. Stay here. Uh, just you know. So what is the so I know that they uh, announced this week that which by the way Ross Aid Renovations if you're listening you, uh, uh, you 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 messed with me a little bit because you posted all the pictures of like the game day stuff and then you're like and there's a new tradition coming but it was in the pictures itself so I was like oh is that like a hint to that they're getting rid of shout and I guess it wasn't so that was really sad but they're doing like some. They're doing something where you like where people can just like watch them drive the train up to the the station. Is that what it's called now? We've seen that thing everywhere, anywhere. I I got out of a taxi in downtown Chicago, and that thing just whizzed by, you know, honking the train horn. And they were in Northwestern. Why I was why I didn't go to the game? I don't know. Was that like the Big Ten? Oh, was that when they played North? Oh, yeah, okay. they were playing at Northwestern, and I went to I CVS because gotcha. I forgot allergy pills because I'm a real cool you drove guy. Drove all the way from Ohio to no, Chicago. I happened to be in Chicago. God, Damon, oh. Jesus. Sorry, I'm not a world traveler. Traveler like, like, like you uh, are. Frankie Frankie Bourdain over there. Yeah, well, see, I was thinking about the word Louisville. I was trying to say Louisville and traveler at the same time, and just Louisville. Louisville. Same amount, of, same amount of syllables, actually. So it works yep. out. Well, something we we uh, talked about earlier, uh, and I think we're gonna we're gonna debut this for the first time tonight. Um, a new segment Uh-oh. called "Throwing It Out There." The graphics department is undefeated. Look by the way, why go. is it white and red? Is that yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. So Graphic, I tried graphics to make department, no, uh, no, 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 hey, sh- time. Boo. Boo. I tried to make it the color of a football. So when you look at it, it's footballs less, are not red and white. Football, it's supposed to be like a brownish red, you know. God, <laughs> your shirt is, is the color of a football. You're going to be the color of a, of a bruise if you don't claim it. The basis for throwing it out there is going to be uh, just random. Going to be just random things, rants, positive things, negative things. And uh, our own member, Russ, had something he wanted to throw out there this evening. Yeah, Russ so has Russ. been talking about this heater he's got. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so it was mentioned a little bit earlier uh, with the Spartan Dog comment that uh, Big Banter, hope some of y'all are listening, did a – a collaborative podcast, which I haven't actually listened to the the whole podcast yet, um, but they got together. They tried to get together represented from every pod uh, and go over like season previews, uh, record predictions, even like end of season awards predictions, CFP predictions, that sort of thing. I don't know what's going on up there, Chris. Are you all right? You bracing? I'm for trying the not to associate myself with you. Yeah, we're gotcha, preparing gotcha. ourselves. Okay. Okay, so um, I really wish I was on there. I know Chris and I both especially expressed uh, regret that we weren't able to make it on there because some of the takes and some of the hate, um, and it's not just within or not just in the Big Ten, but it's also within our fan base a little bit as well, that uh, apparently we haven't washed off the Hazel stink. Um, and maybe even like you go back to the Hope era where you know we're used to when we change coaches – the program is going down. It's trending down. So I, I, I feel like there's this assumption that because we lost our head coach, we're taking a step backwards. And I, I don't quite understand that. You know, you look at all the predictions that were submitted from those other podcasts and those other schools. We've also lost um, a lot of players, though. I know we did bring players in, I'm, but sorry, go okay, ahead. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So uh, I think the best record that somebody picked us besides – uh, my prediction of eight and four was like six and six, but we had three and nine out there, four and eight out there. And it just, to me, it really, it really does not, does not make sense. Uh, Purdue finished, you know, we finished eight and four last year, did lose in the big 10 championship game, then lost our coach days later, and then showed up to a sham of a, a bowl game with a skeleton crew and a skeleton coaching staff, which was aired so, on TV today. 
wonderful wonderful um horror films are always good to you know help you sleep at night (laughs) but um you know it was a tough end of the year and yes we did have five guys get drafted in the nfl um a lot of production was lost but you know one of the big things that coach walters made a priority was getting a quarterback right he was like we're the cradle of quarterbacks that was the big thing. Everybody was freaking out, right? We hired a defensive coach. Oh, we're going to play offense. He comes in and goes, don't worry. We're going to play offense, and we're going to play elite offense. And so he goes and gets the number one DJ quarterback. The, the number the number one quarterback in the transfer portal. Don't associate Walters with him. That's not even You said elite. I'm sorry. You know? not, yeah, when he, uh, he kind of owns the word elite. So <laughs> Okay, okay. I won't use that word again. I apologize. It's okay, I apologize. Russ. I forgive you. Keep going. Um, You're doing great. <laughs> so we bring in Hudson Card, who, like I said, top transfer quarterback, he transferred out of a position where uh, Quinn Ewers, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's going to be a top Nailed ten. It. He's going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft this year. Arch Manning's coming in, who's one of the most heralded prospects coming out of high school in probably the last thirty years. It seems like so. It wasn't that he transferred out because he was a kind of a hack and didn't play in big games. Whatever he played in some big games was a good producer in those games, good leader in the, those games. And so we're getting a guy that's still ranked as like a top 10, top 15 quarterback nationally coming into this year by a lot of independent polls out there. Okay, so we got that going for us. Okay, let's let's look at the running back room. Devin Mockaby, our leading rusher, came off a record-setting freshman year. Okay, Dylan Downing, our second leader rusher, is coming back. Tracy, who was our leading yards per carry guy last year, is coming back. Okay, TJ Sheffield, he was our third leading pass catcher. So yes, Payne Durham, Charlie Jones did – provide a lot of the pass catching for us last year. Yes, but Sheffield showed moments. Deion Burke showed moments. Mershon Rice, go ahead, Damon. So another thing that I liked about the presser, and Walters even made this comment, and it was almost, I know it wasn't a slight probably in his mind at all, but he was almost like, you know, last year they really focused in on like one or two guys. He's like, we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to spread the ball around. We're trying to get it out to everybody and anybody. If you're available, if you're open, if you're playing hard, you're going to get the ball. So that was something that I like to hear and that we're going to, you know, obviously we got to, we got to put what we're saying out on, on the field, but you know, the idea that we're going to get, get away from one receiver having 13 catches for hundred and you know, 30 yards a game. And then everybody else is like trailing in behind them. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that's all. Sorry. That's all I was saying. Yeah. No, you're good. So yeah, so that that actually leads me uh, to a point about the tight end room, right? We talked about Garrett Miller being a pro prospect, right? An NFL draft, maybe even like day one, day two pick prospect. And Paul Piferi, we've had, you know, pretty high hopes for. We have, we think he's a pretty solid producer. And neither one of those guys are like right now listed as a top two in the depth chart. Now Garrett Miller obviously is probably because he's being held out for a game or two, and he he should return to the top of that depth chart. But that means our tight end room is pretty solid, right? Our O line. Has, has somewhat reloaded, but th- we wouldn't say our line was des- necessarily a big, strong point last year. What's up? I got to meet the man, the myth, the legend this last weekend. Very What's excited. Going What's going on, Stu? So Stu must have known what I was about to talk about, which was defense. So let's talk about defense. He knows a okay? thing or two about Come that. on, Russ. He knows a thing or two about defense. So that's where Russ maybe people cooking. are, are more nervous is our defensive losses, right? Well – our defensive losses are not as bad as what we think they are, right? We we returned three of our top five d- tacklers from last year, right? Do you guys know who those are off the top of your head? Uh, uh, Kane, probably one of them. Uh, tacklers, uh, Scorton and Jenkins. That's I think, yes. So, um, no, not, not Scorton. Um, Sindor, I think. No, 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 right. no. Uh, brothers, OC Brothers, OC Brothers. Okay, okay. gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so I can tell you who look it's at, not. Look at this. Look at all those names we just <laughs> named. We're like, hey, was it this guy? Was it this guy? Was it this guy? We're, we're returning way more talent than what we think, okay? Cam Allen, he's tied for ninth. <laughs> Let's go, Stu. You, I'm we fired Stu, up tonight. get on the podcast. Next episode, I, we're having Stu on. I love this. It. This podcast hates the hate, especially hates the Purdue hate. So Cam Allen's ninth in – or tied for ninth in interceptions in school history, which if he gets just three this year, he'll be second behind – Who? Who? Our boy Stu, Stu, right? He needs like I think eight to catch him, so that's not going to happen. Stu's got that. He's got that record. He's good. He's good. But so we're returning Cam Allen, a big interceptor of the ball. Okay, 
we're also returning our second and third leading sack getters from last year. Right? And Sidnor and um, I just lost the name here. I'm on too big of a roll. Sidner and uh, Kajan Jenkins, right? Sidnor had four and a half. Jenkins had four. And we were fifth in the Big Ten last year in sacks. So, and we're adding all these transfers and some of these new faces that I think Frank's uh, got some information on. But we, we're not losing all this talent. Like everybody acts like we're losing a ton of talent going into this year. We, we aren't. We're, we're re, we've reloaded. We've got experience that was in the Big Ten Championship last year. And everybody's acting like because we have all these new faces, the whole league has new faces. The whole, especially the Western half of the conference has new faces. So how did we get shuffled to the bottom when we have all these guys that played in the Big Ten Championship game, plus Hudson Card, plus a record-setting running back in Maccabi? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I think eight and four is a reasonable expectation. And if we're able to knock off Wisconsin at home, if we're able to go win at Iowa, and God forbid we we give Michigan or Ohio State a game, then we're talking about a 9-10-11 win season. So I'm just saying it's out there for us to have a great great season, not a three and nine, four and eight season. I think, a lot the, of these people are I think the big problem is is just the schedule is so tough. I mean, we've got Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, we haven't beat since Stu played. Um, like a bunch of that. I think that, uh, I think that plays a lot into it. Um, right. right. And my, my eight and four prediction has us with those as being losses, losing Iowa, losing Wisconsin, losing Michigan, losing Ohio state. And that's still eight and four. So yeah. even if we drop every one of those games, like, so you're going to say Illinois is favored to beat us at home. Minnesota's favored to beat us at home. Nebraska with guys that are breaking into buildings is going to beat us at their place. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing all this stuff out there. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. And yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think the idea that Iowa is favored over us is laughable. Congratulations, you got the chew away from Michigan um, as your quarterback. Uh, you know, Nebraska is a dumpster fire already. I mean. Rule's been in there 45 seconds and has like a rule aid, baby. A rule aid. Wow. Rule aid. Um, hold on, Chris. I don't want to interrupt you here. I want to address this comment here. That's cool. Crazy that Illinois is expected to beat the Boilers. Is that is that is that a real thing? Because if so, that is crazy. Outside well, of our well, podcast, yes. That's what I was talking about. So, like the big banter and a podcast, crazy world. That, what's going on? Thank thank you, the noodle, for that information. I I'm not going to sleep tonight now. <laughs> I mean, they are guy. bringing back a pretty stout defense. So, well, uh, but they, they also lost a lot on defense. Yeah, they also then, lost like three guys in the first three rounds of the draft. Yeah. See, this is why I said I couldn't be on the Big Banner show on Saturday because I don't know anything. Unless we're talking about Purdue football, I know nothing. I absolutely know anything. So I was just trying to, you know, I would have appreciated a little bit more support on those. And just to answer Nick right. Burris's question here, we have uh, uh, did we get a pretty solid nose tackle from Auburn as well? We did. Uh, we brought in Jeffrey uh, Mba. Mba, uh, Mba. I believe he's from France, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he played one season at Auburn, didn't play a ton, only played 82 total snaps. Um, but uh, he he definitely uh, is a guy we who can who can kind of grow and play in the system. Um, Walters likes his defensive lineman pretty large, and he's six six three fifteen, so he fits the bill. Um, and then we have another comment here uh, that the. Illinois over Purdue is per ESPN, uh, which uh, is extremely frightening. Yeah, but I, that was it. Their FPI or SPF thirty or whatever. Football I don't know. power index. Yeah, like my thing is that like so many people because we've went through such a purgatory within the program between Hope, Hazel, and on and off again with Brom that people just expect us to kind of shit the bed. Exactly. Agreed, Stu. Bad. A bad. And so um, we, we have a comment here from Stu. As you guys know, a lot of people not affiliated with Purdue football will never give us credit. 100%. Yeah, and actually, my screen was actually like covered up, so I actually didn't, had no idea that that's what Stu said. And then we have another comment here. Good history of French players at Purdue. Oui, oui. Uh, who, can, who can name the last French player? Um, I know and one of the receivers that you liked. I yes. think you drafted him, didn't you? In our in our draft, I did right? draft him. You did. It was Anthony Mahungu, wasn't it? Anthony Mahungu, yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Solid player. I actually had a like a Facebook memory pop up from 2017 where uh, it was Brom's first year and they won the bucket game. Um, we I rushed the field and got a picture with him, so that was pretty cool, dude. And he, I remember the the game he had against Arizona. Holy crap! Oh, what a game! Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then who was uh who was the other guy who just went off against Arizona? Um, Gregory Phillips, right? Yeah, Gregory. Yeah. And that was his he, final game in a Purdue uniform, and he uh he he showed up for that one. Mm-hmm. but yep. Russ I you know I, I think more about what you say and so what is how many years do we have Brom six I, years I appreciate seven years? that Frank I appreciate yeah, that <laughs> my, my, my wheels are turning but we had we had six years seven years with Brom and what I think all that was just a fluke I mean all that you know we you know we we never had less than a six and six season you know made several bowl games we just went to the Big Ten championship and all that's just gone now I mean it just it, it's it well, does. I, I take, laid out the production that we returned from that as well. Like it's mm-hmm. you know. I mean, no, I'm I'm, I'm saying like that. That yeah. thought process is the the seems to be the prevailing thought process, and it doesn't make uh, a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people are scared to feel. People are scared to like be excited about. Like, there's always got to be that caution that like, oh, like, and, and like, granted, I know that we've all. You know, I mean, everybody's experienced it. That you know, the game that got pulled out from under us and yada, yada, yada. But every team feels that, though. Um, All right, we're going to have a surprise guest. Okay, I'm ready for it. God, I'm so stoked. (laughs) We may want to get rid of the graphics just because it's going to get crowded in here. I'm so stoked for this. So during this pause, uh, the Ohio podcast made a comment, and I just want to call them out, too. (laughs) The Ohio pod also had us at five and seven. So I'm I'm just saying. Hey, oh, hey, Eric. I thought we were friends. I yeah, thought we I thought friends. we were buddies. I thought we were pals. I thought we ran banter together. I guess not. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to comment get here. New football has to be trending up even with all the changes. Agreed. A thousand percent. That's the thing. I think that's the most frustrating thing is that like, and it was the same thing that we kind of talked about last year leading into it. People were like, oh, it's Purdue. They're going to shit the bed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like, like that doesn't have to be the case. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, all it takes is so like Clemson for how many years didn't do donkey? Oh, Eric, we're gonna fly. Eric, we're no longer friends, buddy. Hey, wait, did you guys play in the Big Ten championship last? Oh, oh, yeah, we're oh, not. You're oh, not invited oh, to my birthday oh. party, Eric. So for anyone who's not watching, we just got a comment. Isn't five wins actually good for you? Oof. Hey, win at Ross Aid and yeah, and then we'll talk. We need Stu to get in here and just like go off on one. Come on, Stu, let's go. <laughs> if you say his name five times, yeah, he's a beer, I... he beers. <laughs> Stu, 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 Stu. <laughs> you got to say it in front of a mirror. And uh, <laughs> who was it? Um, was it? Because uh, I remember being a kid going to football games with my grandpa, and there was always somebody, and I felt like it was a kickoff. They would kick the ball and go. Stu, was that for Stu Schweigert? I'd imagine. No, am I just like totally? I I don't know what I'm talking about. Then, who's the FIFO? Uh, in accounting, that means first in, first out. Yeah, that's what it means in the restaurant business too. Yeah. Okay, not in the propane business. Cool. <laughs> we What's don't it speak that lingo. Business? It's empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the noodle pull up the noodles comment. Yes. <laughs> that's right the real miami <laughs> let's go uh so the, the noodle the noodle said from the ohio university podcast they have a pretty good team this year in the mac yeah ohio uh, university's our uh quarterback coming out and being like you know we're the miami i'm like that can only go bad that can that cannot be <laughs> i don't good. know miami's not that great listen i like i like miami of ohio i live 30 minutes away like you know i've gone to a few football Which games town is you time. live in this time what was that mm-hmm. <laughs> talking shit all right now is our guest coming on what's up uh working on it okay i got you continue got you. we've got yeah, not sure. like we'll have stuff to talk about we got plenty to talk about um <laughs> we got plenty <laughs> so, so what are your guys is i don't know if we actually i think we laid it out a while back but but my after my rant there, have I swayed any of you all? I mean, Stu got me all fired up, and then you just added to that fire. So, what is your record prediction then for this year? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to like, you don't. 
I don't know. Like, that's the thing is, like, I have no clue. It'd be different if this year we were bringing back, you know, a lot of people and just the familiarity of it. But because I don't have that, I don't know. I would assume that Hudson Card and Devin Mockaby are going to tear the field up and put on a clinic against Fresno State and, and so on and so forth. But I just don't know. Um, yeah, 7-5 is a, is a solid one. I think that's a safe one. Um, but I have no clue. I mean, I just don't want to go back here? to a cheese it Bowl. Our uh, guest is here. Okay, so. What? so uh, Stu! Oh, there he is. Let's go. Hey, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get it on my computer here. So I was like. The whole link, I copied it and it was like going through and doing like the IL capital nine or, you know, all this stuff or whatever. Because I'm on my phone. Can I, is there what would be the best way to do it so that I can use it on my computer? Here? Uh, if you log, I sent you the I DM'd you the link on Twitter. If you can log into Twitter on your computer, um, you should be able to click on it there okay. and do that. All right. Let me do that. And then I'll, I'll come back. All right. Sounds good. Nick Burris with some love. First name basis. Now. With the goat emojis, I'm gonna go up to him at a football game and be like, "What up, dude?" And be like, "Who the hell? <laughs> Who, is <this laughs> idiot? Who is this guy?" I did. He's like, "I did that charity event one night and <laughs> went on this podcast for these guys." You yeah, know. we're gonna go to this game Saturday, and we're gonna be walking up the tailgates thinking we own the place, and everybody's gonna look at us like we're idiots. Like, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get a little too big for our britches. I think is what y'all. Oh, and there no. goes Chris. All like right. I'm, I'm expecting to like somebody not a, i'm not expecting somebody to come out to me be like oh you guys are guys from boil express if that happens i'm expecting them to be like i fucking hate you guys <laughs> like i don't know last year i walked into ross aid and chris screamed my name and it scared the everlasting shit out of me <laughs> he was like it wasn't like hey dylan die and i'm like who's challenge the hell is my name? challenge accepted dylan you already know what's happening saturday now then mm -hmm. i'm gonna top that Oh, we got to find out the logistics here because so I always like religiously park in Northwestern, even though they started charging for that parking garage. Now I still park there every game. Where am I meeting you at? H lot, homie. I don't know what that is. I'm not, I'm not bougie. Look I don't at a map. park in lots. Yeah. Stuff. You I see all the big RVs. The I'm, I don't have an RV. Those things are like as much as a has, but like it's where has. Like, <laughs> a has. Let's listen to the Pat McAfee show. That's that Pittsburgh accent. Um, I don't know. I think it's on a map somewhere. It's in front of the stadium, if that helps. It's near the stadium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be near the stadium. We're going to watch the football game at. Just, you know, <laughs> like, that's where, our, hey, guess what? To our seats in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. oh, sick. Whoa. Yeah. Insane. Insane. I'm surprised Purdue doesn't have like a Wrigley type thing where somebody's built seats on one of the dorms outside of the stadium. So, um, Frank, what do you say? What do you say about that record? What do you, what's your prediction? Like, um, my, I'm, I'm going to play it safe, even more safe, uh, than what some of our predictions have been already. And I just think six and six is realistic. I just think there are a lot of question marks. We have a new coach, new coordinators, many new faces that it, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to figure out who goes where and which say, which scenario. Um, I, I would love, to, I would love to see so seven and five, eight and four. Here's, okay, I see where you're at now. Here's my question then. So I'll, I'll pose it this way then. Okay. So what did Minnesota do to pass us? Who did they who did they bring in? How did how did they pass us? They got some cool helmets and everybody's like freaking out about Minnesota. Like that's seriously to me what it was. They got the black helmets. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh Minnesota. So like, so like what and like Iowa. How did Iowa pass us? Because they got McNamara. Cade McNamara is a better incoming transfer than Hudson Card. So they well, I, I think I mean I I think Iowa kind of has an inept nice. offensive system, personally. I mean, yeah, as long as Brian so, Ferentz is there, they're going to be. They're always backwards. in the mix, though. They're always in the we mix. Are saying, we are saying this, though, and they did come to Ross Aid and Molly Wappas. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact it, that their offense up until that point was so inept that I could have done better. It with did a take 45 mile an hour wins for what's his name to have an accurate passing. Was, yeah, Spencer Peaches. Was, yeah, the. You know, Mordecai from a non-Power 5 conference is going to come in and tear up the Big Ten and tear us up? I really think, I, I really think this, is the, this is the year uh, that, we, that we do beat Wisconsin. I think, I think a lot of what happens this season... Wait, pause, 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 go back. So you said 6-6, six and six, but we're going yeah. to beat Wisconsin? Correct, so, yes. So what's yeah. going to happen, what so I, I think happens is we're going to beat someone and we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. and we're going to lose to somebody we shouldn't. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the season hinges on what happens in the first 3 weeks because I mm -hmm. I, I could see I see 3 and 0 and 0 and 3 is equal possibilities here. 
Virginia Tech being like the probably the most winnable game. Okay, let's see if Chris is actually going to be more optimistic than me. He's always the optimist in the pod. So, record prediction. Um, <laughs> I've said for the longest time. So I was worried about Fresno State just because they have they won ten games last year. They did really well, and but looking at them, they've lost a lot. They lost their quarterback, top wide receiver, top running back. I mean, they're bringing back a skeleton crew compared to what they had before. Um, that said, um, I the floor six and six, the ceilings nine and three. Be sure to check out part two for our exclusive interview with Stu Schweigert.